Good afternoon. You're listening to Mother's Justice Show. I'm so anxious to get started on 11.50 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walton. It's my joy to be on there. I just actually really do enjoy being on the radio. So we got a great show today. We've got a great lineup. We got the, the, uh, we have Detective uh, Cookie, uh, I call it Cookie, Detective Denise Cookie Boland uh, from the SPD. She's going to be on for a while talking. Then we get an update about what's going on in the country. We know what's going on in the country, but I bring my guests on. This is her first time on, first time on. So uh, welcome, Detective Cookie. So welcome to Mother's Justice Show. Yes, this is wonderful. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me to be a part of your show. Well, yes, because I wanted my listeners to know about all the good work you're doing uh, actually in the community. And that's uh, Sunday, which was yesterday. <laughs> I missed a big event uh, that was happening, uh, that was happening about, about, not only about you, but the efforts that you've been doing. And so I wanted people to just hear from you, but also you just want to give a little update who you are, give uh, you know, the, our listeners uh, uh, information on who you are and how long you've been on the force and, you know, and what keeps you going, you know, and then we'll get into all the other good work. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm Detective Cookie. I'm trying to make sure I get my phone connected right here so I can see okay. you guys and you can see me. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you. Yeah, okay. see you in the house. Thank you. Yes. So I'm Detective Cookie with the Seattle Police Department. I'm assigned to the Community Outreach Unit. And I my job is basically to do a lot of community events, go to meetings, participate uh, in events, and also help uh, solve problems that community members maybe have it that's not you know it's maybe it's not at a criminal level but maybe I can uh, help them to solve a particular problem and then also I do several speaking engagements so if somebody wants me to speak at an event just let me know wow and how long have you been with SPD a long time I have a been long time. On, I have been on this department for going on 44 years 44 years. That's two years. Uh, I came, I've been in Seattle. I came, I've been here since um, 1975. So it was right. So oh, you yes. went on the force in the 70s. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you're probably one of the longest uh, African-American employees there uh, yes. on the department. Mm -hmm. I yeah. am. I believe I went into the academy in uh, 1979 and graduated in 1980 because I was the end part of the year. In February is when I graduated of 1980. So were you there before uh, uh, Detective uh, uh, Pat Haynes? Uh, were were yes. you the first one? You were there before before her? Okay. Yes, I was there yeah. before. Wow. Well, this is history because you know one of the things that I always let people know true transparency. I always let people let let my listeners know uh, who I really know. I mean, people, my guests who I already know in the community. And, uh, and so I've been knowing you for a long time uh, in the community. Uh, and always, if we weren't if we weren't doing anything together, we would be at the coat drives and the food drives at KRSZ. You know, we always was there. We had, used to have lots of fun during those days. I mean, I think it still go on, but I haven't been out there. Uh, you know, I mean, the last two years has been hard on all of us, but we always would meet up there because you would come out to the car to get the uh, whatever people were bringing in and. You are a staple in the community. I just want people to know that because sometimes we get this impression that all police are what, whatever, but that's not true. I mean, you know, you got a police officers that's been on the force uh, all over the country, and a lot of those officers have never actually been anything but just going to work every day and doing the best job they can do. And that's what I think about you. But, but just for a side for our listeners, I want to just talk for just diverse, uh, just for that, just uh, just kind of like go off our script here for just a few minutes. Because we also had a wonderful opportunity to work with African American women and the Black police women. And, oh, you know, I did, remember that's right. You know, that, yeah, we had that. You know, we were going. We were doing that um, uh, before the former chief was uh, was even before she was a captain. We started that when she was a lieutenant. I mean, before she got, you know, she was, you know, I think she was just maybe getting ready to be a captain. But we just had such a good time with those young girls and. And the field trips we went on, and uh, you remember you were with us when we went up to see the up up to the tulips, Mount Vernon, <laughs> and that was so wonderful. And those girls that went to that, the students that went to that event, um, 
They were so impressed just going to the Tulip Festival. They had never been never, there. Not, and never it's been just amazing how, how our kids don't get the opportunity to get out of their neighborhood. And just to go to the Tulip Festival, I, it was amazing. <laughs> they just never seen anything like that. They started visualizing how they're going to do their garden when they get a garden and, and on and oh, on. Yeah. It was such a beautiful event. And then we took them to the... Um, Remember we took them to the Pompeii event? Yeah, we went to the last days of Pompeii uh, over there. And then another group with, uh, I don't know if you went on that trip, but uh, my daughter-in-law, Tasha and a few people took them over, over in Eastern Washington, across over there. It was something that they went to, but we did a lot with the young girls. We really did. We opened up their vistas. Also it was a partnership with parks because they provided the vans. But we uh, actually, uh, we actually did a lot because to see them, and it rained that whole day. And you know what? We, I, you know, I was asking. And it them, didn't matter. Asking, it didn't matter. They were down in the mud looking at those uh, tulips, the, beauty, the tulips, the, because the beauty, the beauty of the tulips and all the colors. That's right, all of the colors. Yeah. And, and I, I still I still have the video of that if you ever well you know what I did like can we share that sometime because I'd like to show it in the community. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. I have a video yeah. of that and also and I think we combined the video of that and also the video of the Pompeii. And you know where else we took them? We took them uh to the King Tut. That's right, the King, the Tut. King Tut yeah. And it was just wonderful. I love it was, it, it was. And it, then we had yeah. we took them there. I on the on, on the department, uh, uh, we took them to lunch in Carla Connors up after they left the tulip. We that's took them right. to lunch, and we changed their lives. And that's what yes. you're doing. You change if you change their lives up front. They we don't have to be on the other end of the spectrum because they're not going to be there. They're and, and not going to be there. Reverend Walden, the, the good thing about what you and I and the other ladies who was involved in this, and I believe. Um, Sherry um, Day was there. Vicky wasn't Vicky part of this? Who's now in charge of the African American Advisory Council? I believe she also. Well, yes, I think she, she came in, but she wasn't. She wasn't. I don't. She didn't go up on. She didn't go to the trips with us when we went to. Right, Robert, but she but would she come to know. the meetings and help us plan. That's but right. um, the whole thing is what people got to realize, and and I want the community to always want to give to these kind of projects. The girls didn't have to worry about anything. Their parents didn't have to worry that they had to That's pay right. for the tickets. They had to pay for the transportation. We managed to get all the funds to do yes, that. Yes, we did. I, and I want to give a shout out to the uh, Seattle Parks Department because the Seattle Parks Department, they are so good at being That's right. They will work with you. They gave us their drivers. Their That's right. They gave us the space to meet. Me and that, then they afterwards, did. we had our end of the year or end of that journey event. That's right. But the parks right. department is always right. there right. willing to work. And uh, and I know that for sure because especially I work mostly out of the Rainier, this, uh, Rainier Beach Community right. Center. And the staff members are fabulous there. And they're just so good. And working with you, but I would say that about all the staff on the Seattle Parks. Uh, well, now department. you're right about that, and then I just said Vicky was there helping us plan. I don't think she didn't get to go in and trip with them. She was absolutely there helping us plan. Yeah, and, and, and it, was just, just, it was just a, just a handful of women, but right. we did so much. I mean, remember we had we had a, a Black History program, and uh, and that's oh, the first yeah. time when they brought the taps. I mean, the first time that I. Uh, she used to work for the department. She does Northwest Taps. That's Melba. Huh? Um, Melba. Melba. Melba brought the kids. Uh -huh. yes. yeah, Melba brought the kids. Melba Aco. Melba Aco. Yeah, she that's has. Right, she, right. She's the owner and director of Tap Connection, Northwest yeah. mm -hmm. Tap Connection. Yes. She, brought, she brought the young people there for our program, our first program. And then, you know, our very last program we did was at the. It was a history of policing and uh, black policing in, in Seattle. And they did that at, and it, at the library. That's right, that's right, that's right. And uh, O2 came through, and we had the oldest lady in Seattle there. I can't think of her name now, but she was born the same year that the uh, NAACP started this chapter then. She was 100, almost 100 then, without a thing. But, uh, and you know, our goal was to get passports for those young girls because, uh, you know, because we wanted to take them to Canada. Because we felt if they could ever get out of America and get a passport, and then you make a relationship with the black 
police women up in Canada, they could say they would, went international. Yeah. You know, out of America. And that we didn't get to do that piece, but you know, I mean, because we know they'd be on the right road. They would have gone somewhere international. They had one stamp and they passport and they are, you know, they would have to have a passport. So then, you know, and I went out and got all the passports as uh, uh, applications because we were hoping to get the 15 girls to go and get a field trip and all of that stuff. Uh, but, but also I wanted to acknowledge you for all the, uh, all, all the all city dance that, uh, yes. that we did for peace with the silent That's war right. campaign, breaking the sure silence on violence, you know, and then uh, Kun Love and all the, and all the people that was there that was successful. We had many, uh, all city dance for peace after school after after the end of the school year. And all and the we, were invited, and they came, and the you know the police was there. We were there to have fun. Some of us was out there dancing with them, but it was fun, and it was it was chaperoned, and uh, and 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 the school had to uh, had to sign off on the chaperone. I mean, they had to sign off on the paper with their parents. And right. I mean, we, we've done this in this town and all the kids got home. I thought the, the Metro was trying to help us too, you know, I mean, to make sure for transportation. So, I mean, just just for all that you have been involved in in Seattle and, and to be making sure that, um, making sure that it's safety because everything right. you've been involved in, everything we're talking about right now is how to create a safe environment for our children. And, uh, and, you, and, and you we- know- uh, and we did we did a lot of this stuff on a today you would call a bill budget. <laughs> yes, yes. And we made it work. The whole yeah, we thing mm-hmm. we came together, we saw a need, and right. it was mothers. All of us are mothers in some kind of way. All right. of us have a mother. If you're not a mother, right. you have a mother. And right. and you know children that how much one little something can help a person right. to want to go to the next level. Like um it's just important for us to do that. We got together and we made it happen. We had lots and lots of meetings, but the meetings were constructive. Our meeting was right. very That's right. That's right. That's we right. had an agenda. We stuck to it. That's right. And we had a plan. And then we right. made it work. And then we would. And, and then people came in between. And we would do it again with another event. Well, but also everybody worked in such a unity until. The, they would do the, the uh, community center wasn't open. I mean, they came in to open the community center for us yes. because it wasn't time to open it. And, you know, some of those times. And then, I mean, it was such a, it was such a great time to be able to see what black women and African-American women on the police force could absolutely come together in Seattle. Uh, uh, and I got, I've got our pamphlets. I got a mission statement. I still have all of that, but I'd like to, you know, eventually to be able to share this up because if we could share this, yeah. out in the community we can break some of this stuff down because our people just got this misnomer that every time somebody every time uh spd kind of get called on you know even on crisis intervention people die i mean and all of this all this mythology that's not true you know i mean yeah. really it's not true and and so we would have something to show that you know that's not true but i mean again you go back to the lives change we see um i know that travel changes children's lives and my children, they traveled around the world and national uh, with an atlas and National Geographic. And Omar is on his way back. He just came back today from Tanzania. Okay, my youngest mm-hmm. son that does the uh, morning update show. So it's like, wow. I mean, who does uh, Converge Media? And uh, and so travel, being able to go out of your own environment uh, is so important. It's one of the most important things that can happen to young people is to get that adventurous spirit and and that's what we did for those girls. I mean, and to and to see them. Um, and then the chief was always there. Was she got to be a chief? You know, she was there. Yeah, she was, she was, was not a deputy. She was the deputy chief at the time. And mm-hmm. then we had a couple other female, black female officers that was participating to help put this together. And right. I think all together was about four or five of us. You know, including Carmen Best. And great leaders like yourself and other leaders within the community that were female, but we wanted to do something for the females. And mainly because a lot of times everything is focused on the boys. There's right. something for the boys, uh, outreach for the boys, special programs for the boys. And we wanted to do something for the girls because we sometimes if you don't give them something to do or focus on them, they would act out just to get that attention. 
So we wanted to make these ladies leaders and they conducted themselves as leaders throughout right. the whole thing. That's right. That's right. Because one of the things that we often said, and we said this in this group, is that we give a lot of attention to the other children who might not be, who might not be making it. But if we could give more attention to the young people who are making it, well, then one of the things is that other people will want to become one, one other people would want to be involved, you know, and that's that's what I really believe that then and then that and you could, when we after we take a break and come back and you talk about what you're doing uh, on the other on your other work, but I do believe that positiveness is contagious. I do believe that every step on the road to teach a child to be positive and look at life in a different way. We wouldn't have two 18 year olds right now charged with a massive crime uh, right. because they thought they, they've been taught something else or whatever. So, right, so, and they, they yeah. do what they, they are, they learn and they do what they see in their right. environment and, and in their household. But those girls that we took, I'm gonna just say this and I'm gonna be through with that part. But these girls that we brought in and most of them were good girls. But we also brought in at-risk girls as well. And it was amazing how those at-risk girls started wanting to be like the girls that didn't get in trouble. And That's they right. started behaving them and practicing good skills and changed right. their lives around. They didn't right. want to hang out on the streets and hang out and do things that maybe they were doing before. They started learning that they wanted to be like, even like us, they wanted to be like well, a couple, a couple of them did want to be police officers because right. uh, Chief Bess at that time was, you know, she was deputy chief, uh, going to be chief. But uh, the chief reached out to me and let me know that some of the girls that was interested. But see, we opened the opportunity for them to understand the past, the move past the rhetoric that they might have heard, to see people as human beings. And I maintain, once you get to meet somebody on a human level. Then I, 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 you know, you, uh, your life changed, just like that horrible event that happened on uh, on Halloween night many, many years ago when the police officer oh. on I, I, they said a female was in the car. So what were we doing? We were saying a few, you know, was Cookie in the car because we know we know a female officer and we wanted to know were you in that car. And people were calling, people were trying to get to you to find out were you okay. And then you say, oh yeah, I'm okay. Yes, I, you know, I had. Right I that. I received so many phone calls, and I believe you called me as well, Reverend Walden, one of the first. I did. Because uh, you heard about it. Sure it wasn't me that was in that police car. Right, that's right, that's right, that's right. And, that, and the female did not get injured at that time, but we know that the officer lost his life. And I, th I think a lot of us were saying, uh, you know, well, he was just sitting in his car, a parked car, and I had my business on the road. And a lot of times I would pull over on the freeway, pull over on the side, and park my car. And one day, a black trooper, knocked on my window and I rolled down my window. He said, ma'am, move your car right away. He said, cause you don't know sometime a, a, a semi loses a, a wheel or something. He said, you in danger, ma'am. And then he looked at me and he gets put, but I don't ever want to see you doing this again. Okay, he does little police stuff on me. His, his highway <laughs> patrol stuff on me after that. But he, he got my attention and I never did that again. He said, yeah. ma'am, always go to a rest stop and I, right. you know, I was just being contrary. I didn't want to go to a rest stop. I just pulled off. I mean, so he educated me, number one, that my life was in danger because sometimes cars run off the freeway and they mm -hmm. hit parked cars and people lose their life. So I appreciate the fact that he educated right. me. Or, or they get distracted looking at that parked car and, and the right. car gets out of control. That's right. And so he educated me, but also he cared about me. Yes, I mean, you know, did. because I mean, it's uh, I mean, other highway patrols might might have passed me and did not stop. Absolutely, but he did, and uh, and so because of his the way that he approached and the, and and the education and the education that I got, I was on the road for twenty five years. And after, I mean, at some point in that journey, when he told me that, I never did it again. I yeah. never did it again because he because he said, you know, a lot of times you hear about these somebody, you just don't never know what can happen to somebody that has a car parked on the side. And then, you know, sometimes people have gotten out that car and was and injured. And sometimes people have been killed getting out that car that's Absolutely. parked on the side, you know. So, yeah. so anyway, I really appreciated that, yeah. that kindness and see, you know, and that stuff. And that's what you bring too. But let's take a break and come back here and just continue. And then Reverend Walden, I wanna I wanna first, when we come back, I wanna mm -hmm. say how I remember first meeting you. Okay. 
All okay. right. When you listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM, KKNW, I'm your host, Reverend Walton. We'll be, we'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. The life of every child is precious. If you care for a child or teenager with a disability and have limited income and resources, they may qualify for monthly cash payments through the Supplemental Security Income Program, or SSI. Call Social Security at one 800 772 1213 or visit ssa.gov slash SSI kids to learn more. That's ssa.gov slash SSI kids. Message produced by Social Security at U.S. taxpayer expense. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. For more information, contact drkworkshops at gmail.com or Facebook, Dr. K's Abundance. Easy on the ears, good for the soul. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. Bring back my guest here uh, right away. This is our detective, uh, uh, Denise Recaller Cookie. Uh, 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 been on the police force. I won't even, we won't even talk about that. That's right. But we won't say nothing about that. We, we won't say that. Long about time. That. But Long I can time. tell. I tell everybody it's over generations. How is that? Yes. So, uh, but uh, and I wanted to thank my studio manager. You always put on the appropriate song. I just love Ruthie Foster, and that song is that "Want to Be Ready When Joy Comes Back." So. Thank you. So we haven't we haven't that kind of talk today, but um, yeah. this is good. This is good. So um, we met a long time ago. <laughs> yes, I remember meeting you, uh, Reverend Walden. It was at a meeting, and I think I had been on for maybe three years at that point. And it was right. You was with Mothers Against Police Harassment. Well, you know, I didn't. I started that. I started in ninety. I started nineteen ninety when we started. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so you already had that in existence. So I had. I guess I. I was working in the North End and at another precinct, but right. I, had, I had came to a meeting, and I believe, and I don't know if it was the African American Advisory Council had started way back. No, then. No, it didn't start that. That started with Norm Stamper, and then Norm Stamper brought oh, that. When I started, Fitz think- Simon was the chief. Fitz Simon was the police chief when I started. Okay, so I came to one of your meetings and, you know, you started talking about the Mothers Against uh, Police Harassment and whatnot. And when we finished the meeting, I remember going up to you and just saying how proud I was of you. And I that I'm, I, I'm so glad that you have an uh, outlet as Mothers Against Police Harassment. It gives mother, father, anybody a chance to have somewhere to vent. If they're right. being harassed and and right. growing up in Chicago in a project with five brothers, I know the feeling. I know, and I was just so glad that you was doing that. Yes. Well, you know, that's I, because my kids got beat up. So you need to stay away. You want to stay away from her because uh, you know she she's she hate police officers. And I'm like, that's not what it's <laughs> about. Not, I had to no. school them and educate them. Well, yeah, and you know that that was a mythology for a long time. You know, that mythology didn't change over the years for a long time. And then, you know, we stood up for Garth Haynes. I mean, we were mothers for police accountability sure then. Sure we did. stood up for him that. because, you know and, what? And this time, Garth Haynes is a, a police officer, a black police officer in right. Seattle that was being harassed, basically. A treated no, he different. was being beat up. No, no, no. He was being beat up out there. And it was just two minutes from almost taking his gun. Him and his friend he got beat up by some skinheads. Uh, and then he was, going to, he was being charged with a crime. And the skinheads wasn't being charged with the nothing. And so we intervened in that case. I mean, we we got a petition. We went to court every day. I mean, because really, it was unright. And they yes, were trying to act, like, they were trying to act like the black police officers himself. was a problem. 
But he was my, trying to protect himself. He was trying to protect himself. And, and get his, his jacket that was stolen. And, that's uh, right. That's right. And then that's right. In the mm -hmm. right. And he was being charged with the crime. And then, I, after, and then the city settled that case. And so not only did the skinheads beat him up, they got $75,000 from the city for mm -hmm. selling that case. And, and so, I didn't uh, know that. oh, yeah, they settled the case out of, you know, instead of going to, going to trial on that case. It's like, wow. And it went mm -hmm. out, you know, and, and it was so. Not only did we, not only were we there for uh, people on the outside, but we have been a voice for officers on the inside. I mean, Absolutely. over time, I mean, because we're straight shooters, we call it like we yes. see. Now, and I know that is fact. That's true. You know, and if you got a lot of stuff in your jacket, this this against us, and, and you know, you but you know, we're not doing that. But if you're a good officer, you've been out in the community, and uh, you're doing the best you can, and this stuff comes up, well, yeah, yeah, we stand up for you. I mean, you know, because. Uh, we always want to be on the right side of history. And again, um, the mythology out there is that all the police officers are, 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 are just one way. And that we say, no, that's not true. We know too many of them. We know too many of these officers. Um, and I, and I, and I, I, I presented at Blue Conference one time. I've never been to Noble, but uh, I hear a lot about it from, you know, one of the people who actually love Noble. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm putting it in my paperwork today. I was working on it just now to go to the next Noble Conference. Yeah, it's yeah. down in Florida. So I, I, mean, I, I mean, yeah. I might go. I might put. I might. Uh, you should go. State. You know, that's my home state. So uh, <laughs> I'm from Florida. We, so we can. I, we I'm can travel about, together. You should go. You should go. We should travel together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm thinking about it. And I'll, I'll make my decision between now and tomorrow. But um, again. A lot of black officers go into it because, like you say, what you saw stuff going on. I mean, in Chicago and stuff, and, and a lot of people want to make a difference. And I mean, you're one of those officers who want to make a difference, who's making a difference. So uh, anyway, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna let us lead into why why I asked you why to be on the show today, is because um, years ago, it's been years ago, that you came up with this idea to uh, help young people. Uh, uh, to help them, I, I still always called it an anti-violence program because you has helped, I don't know, you'll be able to tell, lots of young people learn how to play chess. And uh, one thing about it is strategic, it's thinking. You can't be emotional, you gotta pay attention. It's all these, all these things that make this helpful for young people to get to the next level. You got to be paying attention. You, you know, you, you got to think. You can't be swayed by other people's opinion. If somebody said, no, don't move it this way. <laughs> they could be trying to trick you. That's right. So you, so you have to be focused. And uh, with all this going on in the world, I mean, I didn't have as much going on because number one, I was raised without a television or a telephone. So I didn't have any of that. So, but all this stuff that they have going on, on today, it's like, it's like, wow, you know. And a lot of times the parents are not as engaged. You know, I mean, I believe when I was raised my children in the city with no family, I believe there was my personal responsibility to know where my children was at all times. I believe Absolutely. that. I believe that. I was country enough to know that it was my responsibility. I didn't have a car. You know, the, you know, the number 48 used to go from West Seattle all the way to Ballot. So we used to call it a white limousine. Because <laughs> it, it, went, it, went, it went across town. It was the only cross town bus you could get in those days. And so I had to know where my children were. I didn't know other people didn't take that responsibility serious. I had to know where my children was. It was my responsibility. And if they're supposed to be home at 10 o'clock, they get home at 10.01, you ain't going the next time. That's they right. knew that. That's right. And they knew I mean, they absolutely knew that. And then if you if you're gonna call me at 9:30 and say, you know, you can you want to spend the night? No, you don't spend the night at nobody's house during the weekdays and and not, and so you can never call and tell me you're gonna be late. All of that, yeah, it means you just don't go the next time. But what you have done, and I just wanted to go on, I want to entree you on now about the, the chess park and all that happened yesterday and what has led up to this month. And then my son just posted something on, on, on his Facebook page about the Cairo, uh, Cairo was there. And this is saying, he posted it on my Facebook page, on his Facebook, and I posted it on mother's page uh, a few minutes ago about the Cairo in a, uh, 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 interview. So just talk a little, let's, let's, let's hear about, uh, 
let's hear about this chess park because there's only one in the country like this. So yeah, it's exciting. Let's talk about it. Yes. Um, and it all started when I was trying to do an event for kids in the community. My sergeant had said, put something together for the kids. So I put together a um, basketball game for the teenagers to play police officers. And so that was taking place at the Rainier Community Center. And we went and had this little tournament with the teens and the police officers. And I tell you, the police officers, they were guys who were just out of you know college. They played ball in college and they played uh, semi-professional balls, you know, and they were just proud of themselves because they had their own little police basketball team at the time. And so they wanted to play. And when we did play, the police were beating the kids in the game. They were winning by a long, a lot. Because I think the kids were, the teens were surprised that the officers knew how to play ball. So during <laughs> halftime, halftime, we were way ahead of the teens. But when um, when it came back after halftime, the kids, I tell you, they those teenagers never got tired. They still had the same much energy that they had at the beginning. The officers kind of were worn down. They were out of air, <laughs> they were breathing hard. And the teenagers, they beat us by a landslide. They mm. took over and just never got tired. And it was so much fun. And they got to meet the officers and see them in a different capacity. And so that was nice. So the following year, I was asked to put together something. I'm like, okay, let's do that again since it worked. So I went to a bunch of kids. And it must have been like 30 kids at, at a summer event. And I said, okay, we're going to put together another basketball game. So one of the kids said, hey, we're not all just about basketball. We don't want to do another basketball game. Not all of us play basketball. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what would you like to do? And one of the kids or a couple of them said, how about a chess tournament? And I'm like, chess? And I'm thinking in my head, I don't know how to play chess. As a matter of fact, I hate the game of chess. I have tried to play it and I just can't get it. I can't figure out how all those pieces move. I can't keep all that in my mind all at once. So I didn't like the game. But since that's what they wanted, I wanted to make it happen. So I said, okay. And again, the Seattle Parks Department came through. They let me use the park. They provided me with a few chess boards. And we had this chess tournament. And about 20 kids said this is what they wanted. So when it was time to play, only about two or three kids actually knew how to play chess. The rest of them just stood around and watched. And I'm like, why would you guys say you want to have chess in a chess tournament if you don't know how to play? And so I'm thinking in my mind, I got these kids who probably really want to play chess and they just don't know how. And I, can, I don't know how to teach them. And so I got a small grant from the Seattle Foundation and mm -hmm. then later on from the Seattle Police Foundation as well to hire an instructor. So I hired a college student to, um, to teach the class. And later on, I ended up hiring an adult to teach the class. And the Rainier Beach Library, another partner that stepped up to the place, yeah. they mm -hmm. gave me a room and said, yes, you can do this. We love that. Go ahead. You can have a room mm -hmm. on whatever day. And so I told the kids had already told me they wanted to do this and they were going to come. So the the date, I had given them the date probably a month ago. So when that date came, only about three kids showed up. And I'm like, oh no, this is going to be a disaster. But I soon realized you can't tell teenagers a date of something that's going to happen a month ahead of time. Right. And expect for them to remember it and just show right. up. So I made flyers. I started putting flyers on cars, on the windshield, taking them to the grocery stores, dropping them off at school, just passing them out. And then I would have like probably 10 people showing up, kids. Then the next time, 15, 20, 40. I had as many as 60, over 60 kids show up at the Rainier Beach Library to play chess. It was so many kids, I didn't have chess boards. And so wow. the Community heard I didn't have enough chess boards, and they started donating chess boards. So now I didn't have enough room to play chess. Right. So many kids, so I had to start putting chess boards on the floor for the kids to play. 
So they're they're on the floor, sitting on the floor playing chess. It was such a success. But I also knew that a lot of times I would have food. I would have food, pizza, chicken, or some type of food for the kids. And, and I do that because I realized several kids don't eat on the weekends. Right. During school days, they get the school breakfast, school lunch, and maybe a school snack. Then they go home and wait to eat again when they come to school because wow. they have no dinner or very little dinner. But some of them on the weekend, they hardly have anything. So they will come um, to learn how to play chess just so they can get some food. And when I find out, you know, kids that like that, I make sure I give them something to take home or I started you know, figuring out through the social services without getting social services involved, finding right. out how I can make sure this kid is going to get a, a a bag of groceries to take home on Fridays after school. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's ways we just got to think out of the box and right. a way to do it so that they're not embarrassed, you know, maybe put it in a backpack or right. maybe even I'll drop it off at their house, and, you know, right. give it to them. But that was the beginning of the, Detective Cookies Chess Club, and uh, the kids said, we want to have this more than just on Tuesday or during the week. So I said, okay, we would have it on Saturday, and, and this is when the Parks Department stepped up again, and they gave me a room at the Rainier Beach Community Center. They gave me a large room to have chess, and I have been doing chess there, I want to say, for over 10 years, and I started chess right. in 2000, 2006. So, right. yeah, way over 10 years. And I have been in partnership with the Seattle Public Schools, and I mean, Seattle Public Library and the Seattle Parks Department. And at the time, I was also teaching in the public school. And just as you had mentioned, uh, Reverend Walden, it was called the Detective Cookies Anti-Violence Slash Chess Club. That's right. That's right. I would teach, I would teach skills on... Um, on how to say no and how to avoid danger. I would teach making good decision, consequences right. of your action. I had probably about nine subject lessons that I would teach. And when I finished that whole lesson, we switched over and started playing chess. And I would use the chess board and tell the kids, this is a community. This, your, this board is your community and you gotta make some good decisions. Just like in the real world, somebody's trying to get you to do drugs or join a game. You got to be able to quickly make your decision and make the best decision. Pick which one is right. the best. Yeah. And so, yeah. So then I had the chess club going on and I had um, a community member. Um, her name was Maya Sagul. She came up to me. She was um, the president of the Rainier Beach um community coalition or something like that at the time. And she asked me, she said, if you had your wish, what would you like for to see more for your chess club? And I said, it would be so nice if we had a park, if they would build a park in Seattle for where people can play chess in our community. And so I never knew what she was thinking. So then later on, I find out that, you know, they they got together and they're going to raise money. They want to build a park called the Detective Cookies Chess Park. And so they they got a committee together called the Friends of Detective Cookies Chess Park. And these group of people got together and got people to donate, you know, and, and now we have enough money raised for this park. And it's gorgeous. If you go online, put in Detective Cookies Chess Park, you can see the diagram or design of how it's gonna look. So- I'll do that, I'll do that. So- uh, Yeah, so the big thing that happened yesterday- We got a couple more minutes, so yes. Oh, okay. The big thing that happened yesterday is that we had the grand, uh, the, excuse me, we had the groundbreaking for the Detective Cookies Chess Park and I, so many people showed up. I was so happy. I had all these kids around me and I didn't just want to be the one to dig in the ground. I brought all the kids. I said, we all own this. Community members, you all come. We're going to all dig this dirt and say that we helped to build this by just digging that dirt. You help. So I'm but, so but happy. You, Thank you, guys. But what you demonstrated is our children were created positive and we know how they we know that they'll create 
negative because we were born to create, create a yes. legacy that way. We were yes. born to create. We wasn't just born to just stay in a closet and not do anything. But how you create, you can create to be a benefit for life or you can create to be a part person who takes life. And, uh, mm -hmm. and so, I mean, because you're going to create, that's, that's, what, that's what the world is about. But what you've done is given our young people an opportunity to create what's positive and to be able to control themselves in a disciplined way. Because without discipline and respect for authority and knowing how to cooperate and collaborate, you're not going to be successful. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and authority, not also for just for police, you know, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the word of just authority, because even if you have a boss at work or you, I mean, it's going to always be somebody giving you some instruction, even if you're self-employed, if you get to the wedding and the cake is falling off, you ain't going to get paid. I mean, so I mean, don't have, it's always going to be somebody over you. And so you've trained, they, they've learned, they've learned the lessons of life. And, that, and that's what's so important. And that's why I want the people to understand and to see who you are. And then probably a lot of people already saw it on television, but to congratulate you on one of the best violence prevention, peacemaking programs. You know, it's a peacemaking program and, uh, and, and you've done successful like that. And I'm really, really proud to, to, to see how you, how you parlayed that, you know, into something that's a win. And our children need to have a win and you've making sure that they have a win. And that, and you know, and the ones who might've been in trouble, they do not, I want people to know, people who go to your children who go to your program, do not re-offend. They do not, because they got control of themselves. And they understand that there's a future for them. I mean, and now you had black kids that went be the world champion and in chess. And so you open that door to think, oh no, it's just not other people. And if you go back further in time, you might see that it came from someplace else. And you always had people that look like us that was playing it. So you've done a wonderful job. Yes. I and I so have one happy. of my kids in medical school right now. He, he called me to tell me that he's now in medical school. He wanted to thank me for keeping him out of the games and on and on. And another one is a professor at one of our local colleges. Well, see, that's right. This is a story that has to be told. And I'm, I just want to congratulate you. Thank you for the work. Uh, I'm sorry I wasn't there yesterday. I mean, that thing didn't work out for me to be there, but I said, well, and I, my, my show that I had for the day didn't, eat, didn't evolve the way I wanted it. So creator say, well, call up, call up, uh, call up Detective Cookie. That's and right. I, you know, she had something that, that she could talk about. So really appreciate you. And I want to thank you for being my guest on, on the, uh, on the uh, Mother's Justice Show. And we'll have you back at another time for sure. Okay, thank you so much. And I we want will. everybody to come when we have the grand opening. I we want will. a big show. That's right. That's right. Okay. Thank, Thank you, Reverend Walden. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to take a break right now. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. You know it's my joy to be on there. I want to bring on my local civil rights activist, and not only local, he's national and maybe even international known, Mr. Eddie Rye. We don't, we don't have as much time as we usually have for you, but uh, because we had uh, Detective Cookie on with all their good news. So, hey, come on in, Mr. Rye. Give us an update. What's happening in the world? Well, the first thing I want to do is congratulate Detective Cookie for the groundbreaking I saw on TV yesterday for the chess park. So it's good to have those kind of uh, uh, things happening so we can encourage people to do the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing. Uh, seeing all these shootings across America another weekend with this carnage and then seeing uh, Republicans not in the committee not putting banning assault wep weapons of war and these extended uh, clips that hold uh, 50 or 60 rounds of ammunition uh, when you leave that off the list, I think that, you know, uh, it, it, just because they're talking together, they're talking about this, it's a bipartisan. But the thing about it is that if you leave what's killing people off the list, 
you know, and then I also have to give a uh, say something to my black folks too. Black lives matter, and black lives gotta matter to black people too. So if you have a dispute, don't kill each other. You ain't coming back tomorrow, okay? And people don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Black lives matter. Stop killing each other, okay? And also, uh, Congress, uh, the Republicans, uh, you know, the Democrats are so proud of what they've been able to accomplish. As far as I'm concerned, they're at the beginning, not the end. If right. they end with what they have on the table right now, it's not going to do anything. No, it's not going to do anything for us. Off the streets. No, no, no. But also, you know, I, I do think, too, that... Uh, that, that community, like you say, you have to get more involved and, and to continue to put the pressure, uh, the pressure. And like Washington State, we, you know, they banned some of those uh, magazines. They can't buy all that stuff. And they might lose at Supreme Court, but at least uh, they, they started it uh, to, to, have, to, to be able to keep uh, those out of their heads because this is a killing machine. It has nothing, even if you, even if you shoot a deer, with that, with that kind of weapon, you're not going to be able. To, you're not going to be able to use the deer if you're hunting. I mean, that's not a hunting rifle. That's because a, that's a go, killing go, weapon. That's what that a is. Killing weapon. It's and, meant and America, to kill multiple America, people. America wants to go down as the killing country. I mean, Canada had some sense because they never did have a lot of guns in the community in Canada. I mean, you know, it was like uh, they didn't have a lot of guns. Uh, but America really wants to go down as a killing country, and then these people talking about. They got some kind of false notion that they're trying to rescue America because their their ancestors are, are, are wanted about something. Well, the ancestors killed 18 million natives people. So if they if they if, if if they okay with killing 18 million people, then I mean I guess they're okay for wiping out all of us. But uh, it, it, it the mythology that they're using is not true. It's not true. It's not. Well, true. we have to also look at the fact is that black people built the country for free. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, uh, we really started talking about how you going to claim something that you didn't build. Well, but also that all of their ancestors wasn't here. These are people who came after the Civil War. Exactly. I mean, so, so their ancestors did not win America for them. These are the people who immigrated uh, uh, beginning at the late uh, for Manifest Destiny after, uh, after slavery and came in the 1800s. And then the rest of these people came at the turn of the century. Uh, up until World War II, and then and then and then after World War II, you know, in the, uh, in the late fifties, uh, I mean, in the sixties and seventies, they start bringing in more Asians. So and then anyway, so really, they're not telling the truth. Number one, and because uh, what they have to say is not truthful at all, at all. They want to dismiss. They want to dismiss four hundred years of That's black right. people's participation right. in this right. in this country, including right. dying in every war. And I guess 600 slaves joined the British when they trashed uh, the burned the capital down in 1814. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And That's if you, right. you were enslaved, hell, I might have joined them too, to tell you the truth. But yeah, because they mean, were I'm going to fight freedom. for my freedom. So, I mean, I can understand that. But the, the sad thing is, we see the same racism always re- reemerging. Here we have, in after the Civil War, we have Reconstruction. We have over 1,100 Black election appointed officials, lieutenant, two lieutenant governors of, of Louisiana, Secretary of State in South Carolina, Blacks in the Senate, Black in Congress, Black sheriffs in Southern states, and Andrew Johnson make a deal with, with pull the federal troops out and turn the Ku Klux Klan loose. Then we come back to Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement, and we got the Great Society programs aimed specifically to uplift Black people, Afri- right. Africa, Africans, uh, African Americans. That's who those programs are aimed for. Child care, educational opportunities, manpower training programs, where SOIC came from, the Central Area Motivation Program, anything a person needed to go into the middle class and uplift themselves was made available. Then in 1980, Ronald Reagan comes in and gut all the programs. They can call Ronald Reagan the greatest president ever. Ronald Reagan was a bigoted, and he had statements on the record of making anti-Black statements. They can praise Ronald Reagan all they want to, but he did a, a tremendous disservice to African descendants of the United States enslaved in this country. And when you really look at it, uh, fighting for this country in segregated units, African-Americans and African descendants of the United States enslaved are the most, uh, most patriotic group of people in this country. And that's that's it. Now we turn back around and look at this, uh, r- this racism fueled by Donald Trump. And we got a bunch of young white guys from all across the country, including Washington State. We have folks from Washington State also back, Involved, involved Washington with State, State is always in the but, mix, man. 
but the sad, the sad part is, is that <laughs> all the folks that those judges that Trump appointed didn't give these guys six. You try to over, overthrow the government and you get six months in jail. I mean, come on. Well, the brother, that, 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 the brother's still because, a snickers. He's going to get two years. Well, that's because they weren't the black people there. Let's be real. I mean, even 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 if it had been a black uh, truck there, and then black people getting out of the truck there uh, in uh, in uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, they'd be finding some kind of felonies to uh, to to arrest these people on. Right now, they're being arrested on misdemeanors. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but if we go back, if we go back to January sixth. A black captain of the Capitol Police said, "What if there had been Black Lives Matter people?" He said, "They would have been dead before they hit the first stair." That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and but but. And, and that's what we know about this system. So our job is to keep the history alive and to keep working uh, and to keep young people inspired. And that's why we're glad to see what the officer, uh, I mean, what Detective Cookie is doing, because she's creating a new future with young people having to do something positive and knowing that they can make it in America. So anyway, I'm disappointed with the Democrats because I thought they came in with a bang and they could have done more. Uh, but they did not. I mean, they 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 could have won some things here. He wanted he wanted to do bipartisan stuff, but he didn't secure the vote for the black people. He could have well, done you know, that. He could have done that. You're so right because you know we have 22 people, including yourself, people in organizations, that filed a discrimination complaint with all of the documentation supported by Congressman Adam Smith, uh, imploring the United States Justice Department, the Civil Rights Division, to investigate these documented complaints. And Merrick Garland and the Civil Rights Department sent the, the discrimination complaint over to the Department of Transportation. So I'm just saying, they take us, and I've shared this with several members of the Black Caucus, and hopefully one of them, they, they always say, if your local representative say something, we'll look into it. Okay, Congressman Adam Smith is not only our local congressman, he's also chair of the House Armed Services Committee, that person that has caught the major chair, you would think that if uh, you and I wouldn't have a chance if the, if the, if no, the chair of the House Armed Services Committee no. can make DOJ look into discriminations. So what does that tell Black folks who have been discriminated against? That's right. And one what other thing we got we to deal with too, this myth about all minorities coming together, being in the same no, pot, no, we can't don't do work. That. No, it no, don't work because work. of the fact That's there are right. too many people that have access to offshore money they come from countries that have airlines, they have treasuries. And if you think for one minute, some of that money's not coming into here yeah. to help them. We gotta wrap and it up. Though. Black folks don't have that same action, even though we've no, been we here for years. We gotta wrap it up, Mr. Rice. Sorry, we're okay, running out of time Okay, right always, now. But Mary, this is good, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk next week. I mean, the week after next, I'm, I'm taking Monday off. I'm taking Juneteenth off. Juneteenth off, week. I hear you. Uh, all right. right. Happy right. Juneteenth to you and your listeners. All right, thank you so much, same to you. All right, we listen to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 a.m. KKNW. I'm your host from Walden. I won't see you next week. I'm celebrating Juneteenth, but I'll be back the week after next. Thank you.